Braun was in front of in, on Monument Circle talking about socialized medicine. I thought, wow, Donnelly. a lot of people are going to be yeah. uh, talking about that. Right. Uh, and then on Thursday, Joe Donnelly said, "Hold my axe." <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. That's just part of what's ahead in our bonus content. More conversation coming up after this week's edition of In Focus. Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana. This is In Focus with Dan Spieler. Well, Tuesday marks two weeks till the midterm elections and still Indiana remains in the spotlight. Our contentious Senate race bringing more big names in politics here to the Hoosier State. Tomorrow, Donald Trump Jr. will be in Greenfield to campaign for Senate candidate Mike Braun. Governor Holcomb and congressional candidate Greg Pence will be there tomorrow as well. Just last week, Braun's opponent, Senator Joe Donnelly, got a visit from former Vice President Joe Biden, who joined him on the campaign trail. A new poll this week shows Donnelly with a four-point lead. We take a look at those numbers. You see Donnelly with a 44-40 lead over Mike Braun. And another big-name visit this past Friday as former presidential candidate Bernie Sanders was here to campaign for 9th District congressional candidate Liz Watson. The two spoke to a large crowd in Bloomington, expressing their support for a single-payer Medicare for All approach to health care. Sanders saying he was impressed by Watson's progressive platform. At the rally, they also went after Watson's opponent, Congressman Trey Hollingsworth. Trey Hollingsworth of Tennessee claims he represents our Hoosier values. Trey Hollingsworth of Tennessee is a part of a corrupt Congress that blew a $1.9 trillion hole in the federal budget, and they want to make it worse. This is a great nation, and we are proud of this nation. And that is why on November 6th, we're going to come together and elect Liz Watson as the next congressperson. Thank you all. All right, this week we're diving deeper into this race for Congress in the 9th District. Liz Watson up against Republican incumbent Trey Hollingsworth. The 9th District covering a large part of southern Indiana, from Greenwood down through Bloomington, all the way down to the Louisville suburbs. You heard from Liz Watson there a moment ago. Right now I am joined by the incumbent in this race, Congressman Trey Hollingsworth. Welcome back. Excited to be here. I, I want you to respond to what we just heard there from your opponent and from Senator Sanders. Uh, she was talking about the tax cut package and the notion that Republicans may still want to make cuts to uh, Medicare or Social Security. It's been reported in recent days that may be a possibility. Is that something you'd support? And what about uh, her support for Medicare for all? Listen, I absolutely continue to support our promises to senior citizens with Medicare, with Social Security. I also want to make sure we have a vibrant, strong economy. And that's exactly what the tax cuts have done. We have seen over and over again that economic statistics have been at their highest point in the last 20 years. And that's really exciting to Hoosier wages. It's really exciting to paychecks. It's really exciting to all of the new businesses that are starting across Does the Hoosier state. mean you'd be a no at cutting some of the programs, Medicare, Social Security? I am absolutely a no on cutting Medicare. I'm absolutely a no on cutting Social Security. I want to make sure that we protect those programs. I want to make sure that they're here for this generation and the next generation. She referenced uh, your prior residency there in Tennessee, mm -hmm. which obviously made some news in, in 2016. Um, what about this race? Where, where do you stand with Hoosiers in your district right now? Indianapolis Monthly did an article on you this past week. They mm -hmm. said to some in Indiana, uh, Hollingsworth has been an absentee congressman to others. He's the smiling guy who stops by for iced tea 
uh, preferring a more personalized individual approach to connecting with constituents. Uh, what's your response to those who say you have been an absentee congressman? Well, I've made over 40,000 personal phone calls to Hoosiers all the way across the district. I knock on hundreds of doors individually and personally every single week. And what I continue to hear is a lot of enthusiastic support. We did a poll just this past week. We're up by double digits. The undecided are less than our lead. I continue to hear from Hoosiers about how excited they are about the fight I've taken to Washington to get better futures for all Hoosiers, and they want to continue that fight for the next two years. You think this could be a close race? You feel it's a double-digit race at this uh, point? It continues to be a double-digit race. We saw that from the very beginning in May, and we've carried that double-digit lead all the way through this current week. I think Liz Watson's values are out of step with Hoosier values. She continues to support a $32 trillion takeover of all of health care that's going to end Medicare as we know it. She continues to support funding sanctuary cities. She supports cutting military spending. These are things that are out of step with Hoosier values. She's challenged you to a debate uh, mm -hmm. at this point. No debates have been scheduled. You haven't accepted. Uh, why not? Well, it's exactly what Hoosiers don't want to see. Liz Watson wants a spectacle. She wants a circus. She saw the circus two weeks ago in Washington that Hoosiers rejected, and she wants more of that circus. You don't think Hoosiers want to see a debate? Oh, what, what I think they don't want to see is the circus, right? She wants to create a spectacle. She wants to create a stunt. She wants opportunities for that circus. I've been fighting against that circus in Washington. I focus on getting results, not more resistance. And I think that's what Hoosiers want to see are more of those results. If there was an open platform for us to both to be able to talk about our values, for us both to be able to talk about the issues, we'd love to have that opportunity because people will immediately recognize that Hoosier values don't match up with Liz Watson's values. They don't match up with what she wants to see done. And so I'm excited about that opportunity if it were to exist, but my opponent continues to act like she wants more of the circus that comes out of Washington than I think Hoosiers have rejected. Why not go on stage so voters have a chance to see the contrast, right. to see the candidates? Well, I'm, hopeful that, the that, I'm hopeful that that would be the case, but at every opportunity when we've been given the chance to do that very thing, Liz Watson's campaign has continued to try to create stunts, create spectacles. Just a couple weeks ago at the Farm Bureau, after the Farm Bureau endorsed me, she created a stunt and a spectacle just trying to get the Farm Bureau and shaming them for endorsing me. That's the wrong answer for Indiana because it's the wrong answer for Washington, D.C. She was on our program a few weeks back. She's yeah. uh, been talking about your record in Congress as well, yeah. claiming you've done more to help the banks in her words than Hoosiers. Here's what she told us uh, in an interview earlier this year. They see it uh, when Trey Hollingsworth gets behind a bill to make it easier for payday lenders uh, to, you know, mm -hmm. pursue these predatory loans and to have no protections for consumers. You know, they see that. They see him getting on the side of banks instead of on the side of real people. Um, and, and they are really mad about it. What's your reaction to that, uh, her saying you're not on the side of little people in the district? Liz Watson's been a lobbyist in D.C. for the past couple of years. It's easy to understand that she doesn't know. She's never worked in the private sector. What I've continued to advocate for are opportunities for Hoosiers. And we've seen that. Just this week, the Labor Department announced that there were over 7.1 million jobs available in this country. 800,000 more job openings then there are unemployed people looking for work today. That's because of the work I've done and the administration has done to cut red tape to empower people's financial future through a strong lending sector and reforming the tax code so that Hoosiers keep more of their paychecks. Right. I think people have seen the results I've been able to accomplish, and I think they want to see more of those results, not more of the resistance Liz Watson's pushing. What about the tariffs? Are you concerned yeah. about the impact here in Indiana, and, and right. what do you want to see happen there? What I continue to hear from Hoosiers is that we have to right 
the relationship with China, that there are a lot of wrongs that have been perpetuated for far too long and we need to right that relationship. Now, I've always been an advocate of making sure that we get to free and fair trade because the American worker can outcompete anybody around the world but we have to give them a level playing field and China has to play by the rules. So I continue to support a policy that ensures that China comes to the table to negotiate and adhere to the rules of our international order, which they haven't been doing. I just want to talk about another story in the news this past Please. week, the Washington Post a journalist and the situation there in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Uh, this is an Indiana state grad, obviously Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, some have been critical of the way the Trump administration has handled this situation. First, I want to play a clip from Senator Todd Young, who of course used to hold your seat there in right. Congress. Well, this whole situation is absolutely outrageous. The American people, of course, uh, will not uh, stand by idly uh, as uh, people are murdering journalists. We have to get to the bottom of this. And uh, we, as American legislators and uh, more broadly, the federal government, I think need to leave all things on the table uh, mm -hmm. as we consider an appropriate response. All right. What's your response? What do you think we should be doing? And do you think the Trump administration has handled this the right way? Look, the Trump administration has been clear. If we need to be tough, then we will be tough on this. If the facts come out that this individual was murdered and it was orchestrated by the Saudi regime, then there needs to be a tough response to that. Because we value in this country our First Amendment rights. We value the opportunity to dissent against our government. And I want to make sure that that value is upheld in every ally and in every opportunity in spreading it. Some have said the administration hasn't made that clear enough, that they've given them a pass in some right. respects. Do you see that? I don't see that. I continue to hear the Trump administration say, we want to know the facts, right, as we should know the facts of what happened in that embassy, but we also need to take the appropriate response based on those facts. I don't want anybody jumping to conclusions. I want us going where the evidence takes us and then taking appropriate action to protect American values and empower American values around the world. Congressman Trey Hollingsworth, thank you so much for being with us. Thank today. you so yeah, much for having me. We appreciate it. Congressman Jim Banks also speaking out in recent days about the situation in Saudi Arabia. And this year, Banks is running for re-election in Indiana's third congressional district against Democrat Courtney Tritch. We expect to win by, win by a large margin as we normally would in Northeast Indiana because of the Republican nature of my district and because the values of, of the, the voting record that I have versus the far left values of my opponent um, reflect a, a true choice that voters have in, in, in the most Republican and conservative district in the state. We're running the most competitive race this district has seen, um, possibly ever, but definitely in a decade. Um, and as far as why he should be replaced, he's not listening to the issues that are on constituents' minds. All right, more of that on our website. And coming up next this Sunday in Focus, we're talking about Senator Donnelly's campaign ads, getting a lot of reaction this week. We'll have the latest on that. And our panel discusses the controversy involving Indiana House Speaker Brian Bosma and the governor's reaction to that situation. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right, time to bring in our panel now. Indy Star columnist Tim Swearens, Democratic strategist Laura Beck, GOP, former GOP lawmaker Mike Murphy. I almost put you back in the legislature <laughs> there. And Adam Rand, contributing <laughs> editor for Politico in Indianapolis <laughs> Monthly and the author of the Importantville newsletter on Indiana politics. Busy week again, huh? Right? Uh, let's look at some of these polling numbers in the race for Senate here. Adam, 44-40 uh, Donnelly with, uh, with the advantage in this Gravis marketing poll. Uh, what do you make of the numbers that we're seeing here in some of the first polling that has come after his vote against 
Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, that feels to me just being out on the trail where where the race is at. Although uh, Braun's campaign and the Indiana GOP are saying that Braun's internals um, have him uh, surging right now, though they wouldn't provide uh, that, those internal polls to me. So it's 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 an inter interesting moment right now. They've the pointed to the, yeah. some of the um, in, inner machinations of how this particular poll works. There was another one out that had Donnelly up more. What do you guys make of where this race well, is at I'm, the moment? Well, I'll separate myself a little bit from Adam. I don't think the gravity poll is a legitimate poll. They do mostly online. Um, I, they, they never really share all their methodology, which makes it suspect in the second, in the second point. Um, uh, I was at a fundraiser with Braun. He did say he's up four points. Now that's you know, his, his claim, and he's sticking to it, so to speak. It's going to be a margin of error race either way. It feels like that's where the race is right now. It's still very close. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it is. And, um, you know, when you don't like the poll results, you usually attack the poll um, and the methodology. So, you know, that's a old tactic from the <laughs> legislature. I know that. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, it, it does uh, bode well for Donnelly moving into these last two weeks. Um, it does give a sense of the momentum. But I think the thing that Democrats right now we really have to fight against is is this sort of national narrative of a blue wave. Um, we can't take any vote for granted. We can't take anything for granted. And so we have to double down on our efforts and continue to work even harder. Um, because I, I agree with Mike, I think it's going to be pretty tight. And you wrote this week about Donnelly and how, in some cases, the National Party is not helping him here in Indiana. And he's trying to separate himself Republicans from Republicans want to nationalize this race as much as they yeah. possibly can. Donald Trump won here by 19 points only two years ago. So they want that narrative. Uh, the, th the thing with polls is going back two years the the uh, by young race look much closer heading into election day than the actual results on election day so you know take these polls uh, with sure. turn salt turnout enthusiasm all of that mm -hmm. makes a difference let's talk about the ads that got a little bit of attention right this one in particular that new ad with Joe Donnelly swinging an axe getting a lot of attention no doubt nationally as well uh, kind of a spoof or a a lift from that famous clip from from Veep. You see it uh, right there. What did you guys uh, What did you guys make of this particular ad and all the uh, all the attention that it's received? Adam, you know, initially when I first saw the ad, I didn't think much of it, but apparently a lot of people in Indianapolis and Indiana apprenticed under Paul Bunyan and have a lot of strong <laughs> opinions about how to swing an axe. Um, <laughs> But, it, you know, it does raise some questions. Um, you know, is this a political cliche? There are a lot of puns in the ad. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how and whether it makes a difference. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's like trying to throw like out that, the first right? pitch in a baseball game. You better do it right. right. Yeah. And I'm a city boy, so I hire people right. to do that. <laughs> but the point of that ad, I guess, and this other recent ad that we're going to show you here, is that Donnelly wants to paint himself uh, at times as someone who wants to split from his party, this particular ad, he, he calls out some of the policies of the far left, as he described them, in his own party, who want to abolish ICE or cut uh, military funding. We spoke with Donnelly about his ads this week. You know, what I've tried to do is focus on my job. And so the ads I have up right now are, here's, here's what I'd like to do, here's how I can continue to do it. Donnelly spoke with union workers and fishers this week, and we also caught up with his opponent, Mike Braun. I say if we don't get new blood, in D.C., people that have done things in the real world expect more of the same. Braun week accepted an endorsement from the state's manufacturing association. But back to those Donnelly ads, uh, Republicans calling some of them an act of desperation. But could those ads, uh, in a sense, also alienate 
Donnelly from some in his own base? I think it's a real danger. I mean, if, if you didn't know that Joe Donnelly was a Democrat and you saw that ad, you would swear that he was a Republican. He referred to people who support universal health care as socialists. Invoked Ronald Reagan. Invoked Ronald yep. Reagan. Said that, uh, you know, people who want to abolish ICE, which uh, Senator Harris from California has proposed, uh, are on the radical left. So how do Democrats view that ad? Is this going to alienate him from, from I think some there's a mix the among yeah. folks in the party, frankly. Uh, I do think there's a mix of, uh, of people. But what it does though and what he's doing with his ads is he is just basically saying look I'm a moderate I'm not always going to vote with my party I'm going to break with them um, he's made it very clear uh, on that from the get-go and we've known that about him for the last six years so it should not come as a surprise um, and I think that's what Hoosiers like about him uh, the challenge is always reconciling that with your base right, we'll see where it all ends up in the race for Senate Donald Trump Jr. will be here tomorrow to campaign for Mike Braun and congressional candidate Greg Pence who's been kind of laying low this election year in a very red district. The Muncie Star Press calling it a, quote, submarine strategy. He hasn't been doing interviews, no debates in his district, much like the 9th district where we just heard from Congressman Hollingsworth about the lack of uh, debates in that district. Uh, guys, your thoughts on that approach? Well, I think it's um, an approach you expect him to take. I mean, he's got the name ID. He's going to win. He's outraised significantly. And why take any risk? I don't know if it's a terribly courageous um, or open kind of approach, but it's a winning approach, and that's what matters. Adam? You know, I reached out to the Pence campaign in August and asked them for a chance to sit down with uh, Greg Pence and interview him uh, for Politico magazine, and they said that they're only talking to media within the district. So I said, well, that's fantastic, because I also write for Indianapolis Monthly magazine, which covers <laughs> the 6th district, and they said thanks, but, but no thanks. We're waiting to hear back that's as well. Right. Uh, what do you make of this, Tim? It's a shame. Uh, Greg Pence is going to win. He's, he's not in any serious danger on election night. Unfortunately, he's, he's sh walling himself off from people in the district who, who don't know him and would like to get to know him and hear his opinions. I'll give you the last word on this one. Uh, I, I think it's really a shame for democracy, frankly. Um, he He's running for office. He's going to represent the people. Um, the media is a way that um, they ask you questions. They have to ask you tough questions sometime. And if you want to go to Washington, you should be able to prepare to do that. All right, quickly, let's also talk about the uh, Speaker Bosma controversy. It was in the news last week, but fairly quiet this past week. Tim, you wrote a column in the Indy Star suggesting uh, Governor Holcomb's response to this could have been stronger, in your opinion. I, I think it should have been. Look, the allegations are out there. What did you think about the allegations? They're out there. And serious questions were raised about what may have happened. We don't know what happened, and that's why we need the governor to call on legislators to, to let's look into this and get some real answers. We'll be right back after this. Stick around. We don't know enough to say, yes, let's do it. We don't know enough to say, no, it's a bad idea. What we do know is we have more questions that, that need to be answered to know if it's the right thing for Hoosiers. State lawmakers meeting this past week to discuss legalized betting on sports, which they voted to recommend onto the full legislature next session. So what could that mean? Fox finds out. We're going to take a closer look at that issue coming up Thursday at 6 on Fox 59. Also today, talking about that huge proposed project downtown, an expanded convention center, two new hotels. It's also something the legislature will discuss next year. We've got more online at fox59.com. We're back right after this. 
Time now for this week's winners and losers. And Adam, I'll start with you. As a nonpartisan journalist, my winner is Vice President Mike Pence, who's taken a much harder line uh, against Saudi Arabia for the murder of uh, Washington Post journalist uh, uh, Jamal Khashoggi. And as a loser, I put uh, myself and Mike Murphy in that spot for not being up to up to par on the axe swing. Right? <laughs> we yeah. got to get our swing yeah. down. Mike. That's right. All winners this week. First, Al Kite, Tom McGowan from the Kite Organization for transforming the city's uh, skyline. And also Nikki Haley for coming out on Thursday night and saying our political opponents are not evil. I've seen real evil, and it's not the Democrats. Laura? Um, winners this week, I think all parents whose kids are coming back from fall break. Um, bringing right. us Bringing us Next down week, to another tomorrow. level here. Uh, losers, <laughs> definitely. Um, I, uh, I'm sorry, Greg Pence on this one. Um, he really owes it to his district and everyone else to do some media interviews and talk to the public. Tip. Greg Pence is my loser as well. Submarine strategy is not a way to run a campaign. Second loser, Heidi Heitkamp, uh, the senator from North Dakota, mm. for outing a number of victims of sexual assault and, and uh, domestic violence. All right, we'll leave it there. More our podcast. We'll see you again next Sunday in Focus. Much more to discuss here on our podcast. Uh, quite, a, quite a lively show this week talking about the, the swinging of an axe in Joe Donnelly's campaign ads. I think we even talked about Mike Murphy going back to the legislature at one that's point, right. but that he, he swears that's not going to happen. Never, never uh, the Senate race, two weeks away now, and a very close race, no doubt. Uh, a lot of focus on these candidates and now on these campaign ads. That was re really interesting what we saw over the last few days. Yeah, when I saw uh, Tuesday's campaign ad where Braun was in front of, in, on Monument Circle talking about socialized medicine, I thought, wow, Donald. a lot of people are going to be yeah. uh, talking about that. Right. Uh, and then on Thursday, Joe Donnelly said, hold my axe. <laughs> he put out an even more interesting. No doubt, yeah. right? Um, does it feel like uh, with these campaign ads, with the Kavanaugh vote that this has really been an election about Joe Donnelly more so than than Mike Braun uh, sure. who but, happens but, to also be in this campaign but a lot of the news has centered on Joe Donnelly time, and is Braun that has been good very defensive as well in fact I think it's a been a campaign bereft of ideas it's all about attack him attack him I haven't heard either candidate quite frankly and I'm a supporter of Braun I haven't heard either candidate come out and say this is what I want to do when I get to Washington. These are the programs I want to cut, or this is the deficit I want to cut, and this is how I'm going to cut the deficit. It's all about who's Trumpier than whom, or you know who's a socialist and who's not. It's just kind of it's kind of blather. And Donnelly mentioned President Trump and invoked Reagan in that ad. Is that something some Democrats look at in Indiana and say, "Wait, whoa, this is surprising." Um, I, I think, yeah, I think there are some um, Democrats who find that disappointing. Um, however, uh, this is a state that is, um, I, would, I would say, not a coastal state. So you do have to be prepared to address some of those issues in a thoughtful way. I mean, I, I think what he's basically saying is, look, I'm a moderate. Um, I'm going to vote the way my conscience I'm going to split with me, my party I'm with gonna an split axe. with my party with an axe well as a native Minnesotan who's you know seen some axing over the years uh, uh, but I yeah I mean I think he's really saying I'm gonna split with my party I'm not always going to follow 
the herd. I'm going to break away from that. And that is not necessarily a bad thing in an era where every Republican seems to be either for Trump and every Democrat seems to be against Trump. How will this resonate? So, so the Republican strategy is to nationalize the race. And that makes a lot of sense in a state that Donald Trump won by 19 points. And that's think, what Donnelly's pushing back. I think back Joe Donnelly's pushing yeah. back. Yeah. Say, right. look, I, I, yes, I'm a Democrat, yeah. but I'm not one of those Democrats. I'm an Indiana Democrat. But look at, look at Dan uh, Carpenter, who longtime Indianapolis Star mm -hmm. columnist, reporter, mm -hmm. um, who would be, I think, a self-admitted, self-avowed liberal. Um, that's, a, that's a safe yes. <laughs> that's safe a safe yes. yes. I, think okay. that's safe I didn't want to label say. anybody, mm -hmm. um, but, but he's labeled himself. And he put out a couple of tweets this week. I thought I saw tears on the tweet when, when, uh, when uh, Donnelly put that ad out. I mean, he was seriously mourning the fact that Donnelly was saying these things about uh, liberals. Yeah, I think it. I think it offended uh, a part of the Democratic base. There's no no doubt mm -hmm. about it. I think what Donnelly is betting is they're not going to vote for Mike Braun. Uh, I'm I'm their only true alternative here, and he's trying to go after some independent voters who might go either way. Well, and Donnelly's base, it seems, has probably had a lot of whiplash over the last few weeks. They seemed pretty enthused mm -hmm. by the vote against Kavanaugh, and now this this week, I think people's feelings have ebbed and flowed and changed again, throughout the campaign. But again, he's a moderate. On the he left. voted against Kavanaugh, and he gave very good reasons why he did. But then he's saying, "I'm for the border wall." I'm not for the border wall, but I at least respect that he's going to tell us this is what I'm. This is where I stand on this. Where I think Donnelly went a little far, and I don't think he had to quite, go quite as far as to say I'm a moderate, was to talk about the radical left and socialists supporting you know, universal health care. Those are the types of things you hear on Fox the, News. The same and week think, that Bernie Sanders came he, right, to Indiana, you know, by the way, he, to he campaign kind of, for Liz Watson. He kind Watson. of adopted for that commercial, and that commercial only, you know, the Sean Hannity line of attacking Democrats, and, and I think that's where the sense of betrayal is But this is not too much different than what Evan Bayh did in the late 80s, okay? Yeah. So he gets the unions mm -hmm. to back him, and then he turns around and signs prevailing wage legislation, mm -hmm. which just gutted the unions. And then he uh, tries to do the same thing with teachers when he signed the bill that said you didn't have to pay uh, uh, union uh, dues anymore. And he did the same thing with the environmentalists. He just one after another of his base elements he just completely abandoned them and with some, some, some sense of arrogance, quite frankly. You know, Republicans frame these ads as signs of desperation, but to my mind, they're at, he's actually putting these ads out from a position of strength. Mm -hmm. He's not making a play for his own base or even people in the middle. He's making a play for conservative Trump yeah. Republicans in this case, and I think that says a lot about where the state of the race is. I have, I have to laugh because I always say that there's a, I, I have the parking lot, you know, school parking lot test. Um, and there's a lot of people at my son's Catholic school who come up to me in the school parking lot and say, hey, I'm voting for Joe Donnelly. I really like him. Um, and I think, again, it's because he doesn't always go in one direction. He takes his counsel and he moves down the middle. Well, and I know you don't like that. <laughs> no, that's with all the respect. That's like Catholic. I know that's how you govern. In Indianapolis. I mean, in Marion County. If he's not getting a lot of votes in Marion County, Come he's on, guys. It's a Catholic grade school in Irvington. Good God. Hey, you I mean, know, we have a tent in Irvington. So we've also got the, uh, the yard sign that's test, like saying, right? Yeah. That's like saying people um, in Carmel are going to vote for a Republican. Yeah, exactly. so come on. Hamilton County. We might turn Hamilton County blue one day. I live up in Hamilton County, and obviously a lot of focus on Hamilton County in this race could turn this election one way or the other. Mm -hmm. People don't have a lot of yard signs. I mean, driving around last weekend, I think I saw in Hamilton County one Braun sign and one Donnelly sign. That's just not just generally a lot of 
And maybe it's just this day and age where people, maybe particularly in Hamilton County, say, I don't want to put something in my front yard that says one way or the other who I'm supporting. So, so I'll, I'll tell something on myself. I wrote a column about this race that was posted on Thursday, and we measure, you know, in the digital age, you measure everything right. uh, immediately. It didn't do anything. Uh, we posted a story about a, a rabbit mural on oh, the side yes. of a restaurant, Familiar with right? That one. And yes. people flock yeah. to that. So <laughs> it kind of tells you what people are paying attention to these days. Signs don't win elections. I mean, right. literally, there was a Facebook group one time for former political staffers, signs don't win elections. And um, I was on a campaign one time where I actually had to call somebody and make sure that they put signs along the candidate's route to work every single day right. because they weren't seeing enough signs and it was just stressing like, them just out. Like billboards. It's exhausting for, yeah, billboards. Or murals. Billboards. Yeah, right. 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 Mike McDaniel. Back to the rabbits again. Billboards. No boards. No Emory boards. No billboards. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no, that's right. Mike McDaniel used to always say you want two billboards in a race. You want outside, one outside your candidate's neighborhood so right. he feels good about himself. And you want one outside your opponent's neighborhood so, so he feels see. bad about right, himself. Right, right. Yeah. We always on the podcast talk about things we didn't get a, a, a lot of time to talk about on the program. And, and one of those big things that happened Friday was the announcement of the uh, expansion of the convention center to big hotels. What's that going to mean for downtown Indy if this indeed happens and uh, moves forward in the legislature and the council and all the places where it needs to get approved? So a lot of steps to put yep. for final approval. The, the city hopes to get everything lined up in, in 2019. Uh, it's a big deal. Uh, and first of all, the expansion of the convention center, another significant expansion is phase number six is how they're, they're putting it. Uh, Indianapolis has become uh, a destination for the for the convention business, for the tourism business. Um, I think we sometimes underestimate that, you know, this Midwestern humbleness that we have, humility, right. still here. Why would anybody want to come to Indianapolis on their vacation? People do, believe it or not. It's a cool-looking uh, hotel that'll yeah. change the skyline. Yeah. With the every the skyline. new announcement and development, whether it's this uh, hotel or whether it's the West Elm Hotel and the new uh, Coca-Cola area of Mass Avenue, I, I feel greedy because I want it to happen tomorrow, not right. 2022. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. the details will be interesting. We don't know that what they are yet. They probably yeah. haven't been entirely worked out. I know during the Peterson administration, the city actually owns, I think, eight percent of the Conrad. Okay, so there's all kinds of interesting little intricacies mm -hmm. of these Which deals. Which part? The, the wine we may bar never know the, about. Uh, so the, so the city also? has a piece of the Conrad. They also have a piece of the JW. Yeah. This is a little bit different. Uh, what's being proposed here? Um, so the city is putting up $120 million in bonds to pay for the convention center expansion, a 50,000 square foot ballroom. Uh, Kite Realty is the master developer mm -hmm. for the hotels and for the rest of the project. Uh, the city at this point is not offering any public subsidy to Kite. Um, we'll see how, you know, negotiations yeah, ongoing. We'll see if yeah, that changes, I mean, right. but that's where it stands. At the but moment. the most important thing is it connotes a sense of energy in this city mm -hmm. that we frankly have not seen since the building boom in the late Hudnut years or the late 80s and early 90s when you had the Baker and Daniels building, the Chase building, uh, 10 West Market, 101 West Ohio, and the Capitol Center all went up yeah. in a matter of four or five years. You're also having, you also have, too, um, the development along the White River yes. um, with the mm. redevelopment of the GM, the former GM stamping plant. And that's pretty exciting, too, is it, as we're starting to turn to the river as opposed to away from it. And then you've got the White River Vision Plan. So it's really connecting our community in some really unique ways. At a time where we're about to get set 
ho set to host the Final Four and the NBA All-Star Game and the uh, College Football Championship right around that same time, just before that complex would be finished. It's an interesting time in our city, no doubt. Anything else from this past week stand out to you guys we didn't get to talk about this week on the show or the podcast, or what are you looking forward to next week? Just keep watching Nikki Haley. I think when she stepped out on Thursday night, and I mentioned it in the, in the on-air portion of the show, when she stepped out Thursday night, it turned a lot of Republican heads and they said, oh my gosh, she didn't waste a minute coming out against Trump, or at least separating herself from Trump. What's she been doing over the next year and a half to two years, and where does Nikki Haley end up? Said she wasn't going to run in that Oval Office meeting. Well, she may not, but she, she's building for something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm actually shocked every time I get an email from the Donald Trump campaign, and it's not announcing another rally in Indiana ahead of the, ahead of the election. Got to um, think he'd be back between now yeah, and then. Yeah, it seems right. like he would be. And what I'm watching over the final weeks of the election is, does Donald Trump's base, do they draw a straight line between Trump's agenda and Mike Braun. Um, if not, um, it's going to be a dolly win. Mm -hmm. I think I'm watching some of the congressionals. I know that um, conventional wisdom and gerrymandered districts, um, folks don't think they're competitive. But um, You think Democrats can win any of the districts? We I, had Trey I, Hollingsworth on the I show this week. I think it's fascinating how the money is coming in. You've got these candidates who are Mel Hall more. has a lot. Some of it's his own yeah, money, a lot of it. And I know you guys yeah. all like to poo-poo my ideas over here. <laughs> but I, I just think it's fascinating that in a year like this, there's so much energy. And these are small-dollar donations. I mean, like Courtney Trich, for example. She outraised Jim Banks. Um, and these but are that's small a very red district. Right. right? They're small-dollar donations, which yeah. I think is just fascinating. So, so be interesting. Ask, ask the better rook. But O'Rourke campaign, how much campaign dollars really matter, right? I and mean, he's raising a ton of money. He's still going to lose by a big margin in Texas if all the polls uh, were seen are, are at least accurate, at least bit accurate. Um, well, maybe he know, hangs those, on to that money for something else some, he's rumored well, to. But, it, yeah. but, it's, but, it, but it's a problem because <laughs> people are giving money to candidates who will not win and the money's being diverted from more competitive races. And so there are a lot of Democrats on the national level who are concerned that this grassroots activism, as much as important as it is, it's not money being channeled and funneled in the right way. But probably the Donnelly campaign says we'd like to see some of that money here yes, in Indiana, absolutely. not in Texas. Guys, thank you so much. Great talking with you as always. Thank you. We'll see you again Thanks. next thank week. You. Thanks. Thank you.